Forget the European Super League. Right now, all the chat is about what happens next in the West of Scotland Football League. Last week, our Dross and Winton Rovers put forward a proposal which has sparked a huge debate. In a COVID world, they reckon conferences based on geography will give the coming campaign a better chance of being completed. On last week's show, Fixture Secretary Kenny Young told us he's against the plan and insisted he'd been misquoted too. The statement that came out from the Addressing Winton Rovers proposal, I have been misquoted on that and I'm quite dismayed about it, I'm upset about it. They've used half a quote that I used and we had a meeting with them on the Monday night where they put the proposal to us and asked us for our thoughts on it. We gave them our thoughts and explained to them that we want to stick to what we have promised the clubs and what we have promised the SFA that we will go back into the Premier Division and the three conferences that were set up away at the very beginning. Rovers boss Stevie Wilson helped draw up the detailed argument for change, which even takes into account how many miles it would save teams travelling. There are still some questions though, and we're delighted to say Stevie is with us this week to answer them. That's not all though, in-demand striker Callum Graham left Ashfield for Pollock last week. He tells us just why he decided to head to Newlandsfield. Plus, in an action-packed show, Matt Maley also joins us to explain why he's quit and bank. It's all here as we go down the divisions. Good to have you along as we take a look at Scotland's lower leagues. Well, I saw the photographs of your clubhouse online this week, Paul. It's been some transformation at New Mains by the looks. Work in progress, Gareth. It's not finished, but this has been going on for the last two years. Uh, and we've touched it before on the show. That's it, kind of ready for this season. Uh, now trying to get, you know, the park ready. Uh, starting back in a few weeks' time and obviously trying to sign the players up to play in the park. So, yeah, a lot of work going in. Uh, a lot of work behind the scenes. A lot of people give up their time to do it, but it's looking absolutely fantastic. Certainly is, and uh, I think everybody's busy in the uh, the world of football just now, judging by uh, by the social media. Quick word for our sponsors: Media Agency Forty Four Creative. Not only do they have photographers, graphic designers, videographers, and video editors to help promote your content, brand, organization, or event, they now offer website services too. They make creation personal, and they'd love to hear from you. Find out more at www.44creativehq.com. We'll include that link in the show's description on your podcast player too. Back to the show, and please do keep the comments and suggestions for guests coming. If you're a club in the lower leagues looking for more exposure, we'd also like to hear from you. Our email address is downthedivisions at gmail.com. That's downthedivisions at gmail.com. Or you can contact us through Facebook, Twitter or Instagram. My name's Jamie Sandilands, manager of Whitburn Juniors. You're listening to Down the Divisions. Our Dross and Winton Rovers boss Stevie Wilson is with us this week. Thanks for being with us, Stevie. No bother. Thanks for having us on. Looking forward to it. We'll uh, chat some more in a moment. But before we do, we've got the Down the Divisions decider. We'll give you four clues for a particular club from League One down. Then reveal the answer at the end of the show. This week, Paul has the clues. Over to you, Paul. So, they were founded in 1903. In 1904-1905, they joined the Eastern League with Dunfermline and St. Johnson. 
Former managers include Dave Bakey, Darren Young, Steve Kirk and Jimmy Bowen. And their largest win was 13-2 over Edinburgh City. Silence. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Davey Bakey was manager. We'll reveal more at the end of the show. Hi, I'm Gordon Moffat. I'm the manager of Clyde Bank, and you're listening to Down the Divisions. Our Drossen Winton Rovers manager Stevie Wilson joins us this week. Well, Stevie, I suppose there's only one place to start. Uh, the club's proposals for the conference system for the coming season came out last week. Uh, yeah. Start telling us where this idea came from and, and what you're trying to achieve by bringing these proposals to the table. Well, it came from, it's been going on for a, a, a wee while, to be honest. We hurriedly spoke about it before Christmas, um, so it's not something we designed the back of our fag packet, to be honest. We've, we've, we've spent the time on it, we've went over it, we've changed it. We spoke to a number of clubs, um, a number of managers, a number of uh, committee members, a number of supporters that seem to be getting forgotten all of a sudden. Um, and we spoke to guys who have been in the game, are no longer in the game, and we tried to get as much from every angle. Somebody came out with a comment that we were just talking to managers. Uh, somebody says, oh, uh, you just talk. We, we kind of spoke to a lot, and it wasn't just Ayrshire clubs. It wasn't just Glasgow clubs or Lancashire clubs. They've got no bad connections all over. Um, with certain certain guys and we, we kind of followed up from that and we started to work on it and there's a couple of things I would just like to clear up obviously before we kind of start to go into it obviously uh, yeah I've played my part in it the, the, the committee have, have done really well because we sat and we spoke about it but back in it Eddie Gibb has uh, worded a lot of it because my vocabulary is not always the greatest um, and stuff like that but we we, we Spent a lot of time, a lot of time. Uh, we went over it, and then we went back over it, and we changed it, and and we just felt it was more to do with the whole proposals based on the pandemic. Um, supporters at, at Dawson, we've got supporters who are constantly on it, is asking what's happening, when can we get back, what desperate to get back, and every manager have taken on that probably responsibility. And I've been phoning supporters and finding out who they are. And a lot of older supporters who live alone uh, say that they're just desperate to get back to Winton Park to see their pals on a Saturday for a couple of hours and get a couple of pints or whatever at the club. Um, we have one, uh, it was a couple that come to the game. And unfortunately, we've lost some supporters through this. Um, and unfortunately, she's lost her husband. And one of the comments she made to me was, he was just desperate to get another game in at Winton. That hurts. That hurts. And that's, again, what football's about as well. Do you know what I mean? And I know we're all wanting to go into the, the fancy new setup, And we're, we're all for it. We're desperate to get back. Um, we were a club that decided not to play. Um, and it was tough. And, it, and our players decided that they would play for nothing. But it was my players that came to me and we're worried about our committee members, our kickmans in his 70s. And we took that into account. And being a football man thinking we're going to put the game for that length of time and not play, but it was a maturity for my players to come and say that. Um, even though they offered to play for nothing and we end up putting boys out and loan and stuff like that. 
And probably it's the players that deserve credit for West of Scotland even getting started. Because if it wasn't for players probably playing for nothing, I don't think we would have had even any of the games playing. Because I think all the clubs would have had to eventually had to pull out and stuff like that. So fair play to them. Um, going on to the proposal, as I said, it's more about the pandemic and our supporters. Um, we are thinking about trying to get more local games, um, more local derbies, um, trying to generate um, bigger crowds to help people financially get on their feet. I know a couple of clubs that are very, very close to shutting down. Um, very close to shutting down with a lot of things that's been growing. And I know we got uh, a kind of handout this season, a wee bit of money to try and help us because we didn't, obviously, with, with the issues we had. I don't think that handout will be there next season if we if we have to go into some kind of shutdown of some sort. Um, so we went about our, our, our proposal, I would say, in a very, very balanced way. Um, with the mileage and uh, the, the league set up um, I know Mr uh, Young was on last week and said a bit of misquoting of uh, the, the, something he said he wasn't misquoted um, and another thing I think something went out in a, tw- uh, a, a tweet that went out about dirty tricks or something like that or dirty t- we don't need dirty tricks this is about dirty tricks we're not interested in that stuff this is solely for the West of Scotland clubs. It's not for the West of Scotland League. It's for the clubs. I think I heard a comment today that it was dead in the water or something like that. No, no, as far as we're concerned, that is. If the clubs want it and the clubs like it, we've had a lot of feedback from clubs. We've had clubs come back saying they want to support it. Um, we have had clubs uh, asking some questions and and what about changing this? And that's what we're encouraging anybody to contact us or getting. There's email addresses, there's um, contact numbers to see about trying to change it. Uh, one of the things that keeps getting brought up is balance and ability. When we last played was in the, in the junior season, the best way to get your balance on merit and ability was to finish the season. We didn't finish it. The next best thing, which at the time was, was up for argument with debates about what do we do, points per game, or do we finish it as it is, um, and we went with the points per game, which is fine. That's the way we felt was the second best option. But it's not 100%. There's nowhere near it's 100%, because some clubs played 13 games, some played 22, some played 24, some played 15. So there was an imbalance of what we actually played. Who knows? We had eight games to play sitting at the top. We could have lost eight and finished fourth or fifth because Port Glasgow and Les Mahigo and Lanark were having a great season as well, along with Shettleston. So no, nobody really knows. So I would say there, there's clubs at the moment that Pope you agree with is that would slightly be in a, maybe a false position, because we can't be 100% with that. And when it was brought up, it was said about there was six championship clubs in one, three in the other, and three in the other. That's a vast balance. But if you take the points, we've had to do the exact same as what the West of Scotland have done. We've went the points per game ratio. And in that sense, you would have two coming down from a championship into one conference and I yourselves going up. So that would take that to five. You would have Shettleston winning the league, taking that conference to four. And you would have Lanark finishing in a third position, going into the other conference and making it a four. So you would have your natural balance that we already had as a five, four and four. 
there, there was a misbalance in the first. We think our balance is, I don't think it's 100% right either. But we think it's pretty good. We think it's uh, more balanced than what we have at the moment. But that's not our argument to balance. That's nothing to really to do with it. But we knew we had to cover that. If you move on to the mileage, and I'll try and use the exact example that I think Kenny used last week uh, about the mileage, no stacking up about players. Well, I think he used new means last week and said to Paul, well, your players wouldn't be travelling to new means to then leave New Main Stadium to travel to Renfrew. That's fine. But as I said to Paul the other night, uh, as he got rid of these committee members, your committee members are filling up cars, not not getting paid, volunteers, but local guys, uh, filling up their cars, water bottles, strips, bibs, balls, travelling for New Mains all the way to Renfrew, after the game, travelling all the way back to New Mains and dropping off stuff, and your supporters. That's that's the the, the issue. The, the the conversation last week stopped at players. It's not just players. Yes, the players are massive, and there will be that players travelling for different areas. But it was more to do with supporters and committee members as well. They're part of the game. We can't live it. We can't go on any longer without supporters. I, I think that's a given. We need the supporters back, and hopefully, I'm not doing gloom about anything. Hopefully, seventeenth will confirm that we get supporters back in. And if we don't, then I think there could be another debate. I hope, I'm, I want to stay positive about that. Um, Mr Boyd, the Vice Chairman, I think was in the papers locally, um, and I'm not speaking at a turn here, it was out uh, publicly, that he's worried about a third wave. And I don't know if that's him personally, or the Management Committee. Um, and they were saying about possibly a, a, a reconstruction, whether that was regarding just the Premiership. I don't know. But we feel this proposal is quite strong. Um, we feel that uh, we've not had anybody come back and tell us that it's a bad proposal or it doesn't make any sense. We just said we, we had a meeting last week, which was it was a great meeting, actually. Very debatable and uh, heated at times. Um, I think they said about picking holes in it. There wasn't any holes picked in it at the time. Nothing... The only thing that was picked in it was the balance and the merit and the ability, which we spoke about with the balance on our side. Uh, the mileage, which we've, we've spoke about, they spoke about players. We feel if there is a, a another breakout or if we go into a tiered system, then there may be potential. Now, we don't know, but there may be potential if there's a small breakout somewhere of keeping other clubs playing. So i.e. are in an airshare or whatever geographically somewhere has to shut down for a few weeks. There's potential for clubs to keep playing. But what we keep hearing from the... the, the I don't want to keep going on about the West of Scotland because it's nothing to do with us and them. It's not to do with that. But well, there's not a lot getting spoke about the pandemic and getting back to football. But we're still trying to get through it at the moment. And I think we're on the right road and I'm, I'm pretty sure we can... I don't think we can go into another lockdown, to be honest. I think we're on the right road to for that. I'll, I'll bring in Paul. I mean, Paul, last week, you kind of expressed your views having just read the, the proposal. Do your views still tally with what you said last week? What, what are your impressions of them as one of the clubs who will ultimately um, well, vote or, or, or put pass their feedback to the west of Scotland by the end of April? I put it to our committee. 
I've actually went to her committee this week and I, I won't reveal the outcome of that because that would be probably unfair. That would probably be unfair eh, on them at the moment because I, I don't think it's set in stone. I read the proposal last week before I come on air and it was well done. It was, it was well written. It was, I thought it was presented very, very well. And Kenny kindly come on and, 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 and I genuinely, hand on heart, Steve, with you sat in there, can turn and say, I have no sides in this in terms of, you know, I got on really well with Kenny. He's very good to the show. He comes on and, and does stuff for us. And I listened, yep. to, I listened to his view. But after that went out on Friday night, I probably received, including yourself, getting in touch, getting in touch with us. Mm-hmm. Out with yourself, probably received another maybe six calls from other clubs. Very vocal. Mm-hmm. Very vocal, some for and some against. And then, and one club, and I'll, I'll not reveal what it was quite like, you know, really dead against us. That then gets me thinking, Steve, like, well, is it that bad an idea? Is it that bad an idea? Because it's going to be different when you go to clubs because you put it out there and people might mm-hmm. sugarcoat it a wee bit and say they want it or they don't yeah. want it. Back to your point, Gareth. If it went to regional leagues, then great. Then great, that's fine. You know, we're no driving about, we're no travelling. See, for me, right now, having sat on kind of both sides, I just want straight back to linear leagues. I just want back, even if that means us going back to League 2. That, that's, that's the way I, I feel about it now. I don't want that people again. I don't know how my players would react if, we, if I go back to them and say, oh, the league structure's changing again. Kenny had intimated, only because I'd asked Kenny last week uh, about would the SFA accept a new proposal. I see throughout it all, Stevie, I mm. genuinely believe the Premier League teams are the teams that, that, that are there to be looked after. And, and, and because of pyramid systems, that's where the pyramid system for me really starts, is, is the Premier League teams trying to get up into the Lowland League and, and the Lowland League teams trying to get up into, into the, the, the senior ranks. We, we, we sitting down below that, I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know whether we are, we're, we're part of that and, and, and there'll be teams, bigger teams within the conferences going up. Maybe there is an argument for regional leagues, but my fear is, Gareth, coming back to your point, is my fear now is, is there a change, if there's a change again, and Stevie, you're right, maybe there is a third wave of the pandemic coming, right? But let's look at life in general. If there's a third, if there's a third, you know, if there's a third uh, spread coming, are we still going to have to go back into lockdown? Can businesses survive? Can anybody, can, can you know, can the economy survive a, a third wave? Or is it just going to need to be herd mentality and we just need to get on with it? So, again, Gareth, I'm, I'm trying to pick out points of what people's told me. I just think I just think now for, for me is, is do we just go on with what we've got? Because it's it's, it's difficult and I, I don't know whether players would accept change again. But Stevie, you might come back and say, Well do you know what I've spoke to three hundred players and they all want change. I don't I don't know. I don't the answer. I don't know. No, I, I, it's not that it's not that but we we've we've had players who well, I lost a player last season because he was. Uh, it's one of those things where we had a player who 
worked on a Saturday morning and would have to leave work earlier. He's got a guy who covers his shift for him um, and all of a sudden he's got to go and ask him to come in earlier. To, and he's like, the guy's already doing me a favour, so my Saturdays could be scuppered and we lose a player. The, the issue you've got is I know players, I know, sorry, uh, like committee members in some clubs, they had two committee members travelling away from home. Now, I know there's some committee, some clubs only have two and three guys that, that do everything, but I know a club that had two guys travelling every away game and they said it was just so stressful. Um, they were really struggling. I spoke to some clubs are saying even some of their travel in a short space of time was just ridiculous. Um, a lot of support. We had players, i.e. just now saying that they would rather go back to that. They would rather go back to playing locally just now. Um, and I think there's all these debate. I think it's a great debate. And I don't think there's a right and a wrong at times. Um I think it will be down to a club looking and saying that is a better option for us and that we're going to vote for that. And that's what it will come down to. And that's what we, when we contacted the West Scotland League originally, we didn't ask them for them to um, pass it or anything like that. We, never, we only contacted them for their guidance of taking it forward. Now, something I just need to clear up. The, the West of Scotland are 100% against it. I think Kerry came out saying that his quote states that it, they might be in favour. Let me clear that up right now. They are not in favour for it whatsoever. So that's that's that was basically from the word go. And because we were starting to take it on, we, we, we were talking about Zoom calls and the Zoom calls weren't coming at the time until we said well, we're going to carry it on and then the Zoom calls started to come. And and that, and that's that's the thing. We if the clubs don't want it, then so be it. We get on with it. We want back to football as quick as possible. But at the time when people were talking about how bad the pandemic was and trying to get supporters back, and the amount of clubs, as I said, that are struggling financially, some of us are okay. Some of us are okay. But remember, the some is need to look after the other ones. And I know some are really really struggling. And that's part and parcel of our game. We were a wee bit peeved when we heard about the, the, the Premier Division's breaking away from us when we were allegedly thinking we were all going to be in a conference together. And that caused a bit of rife at the time. But again, we got on with it. And we're in air conferences and we got on with it. But we're now in a situation where, as I said, I'm no doom and gloom. I hope we can get going and, and there's no issues whatsoever and we get back playing. And that's the ma- the most important thing. But the next thing is you'll maybe have some, uh, clubs really struggling. So can we help line each other's pocket? Now, we've talked about ourselves, uh, Adrossin, Silcoats, Ardea. They're our biggest gates. They're our biggest gates unless you draw a Talbot or somebody in a cup. And our supporters will come to your home game, but they'll travel to Silcoats, they will travel to Ardea, they will travel to Dorai. They will travel to uh, somebody else locally, and it's repaying the favour for one year. This isn't long term. One year helping clubs to get back on their feet, and that's what we need to remember about these clubs. We can't just keep breaking away and looking after ourselves. And the thing that keeps failing is our paying punters. We're forgetting about our paying punters, and guys are just wanting to stroll away. And these are the most important guys. These are the most important guys. If we don't have the punters, 
we don't have clubs. And, I, and I've been at clubs where I'm talking about uh, when we were at Soulcoats, uh, when I was with Ian McMillan, who's back there co- uh, managing now. We had a core guys, about 15 guys. And they were brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. We had a great relationship with them. We nearly got them promoted one season. They shouted us over and handed us £200 or something like that and went, give that to the players. That's what football's about. The communities, the supporters in the communities. And I know we've all got ambitions of getting, as you said, um, these, these Premier Leagues and stuff like that. And of course, but that is where the cut-off point is in the pyramid. We are still down there. The, there's talk of new clubs coming in. You talk about misbalance. Can I just mention someone else? When you talk about balance and ability. When there's seven teams getting relegated at the Premier League into a championship, and then your championship teams coming out of these conferences, where's your balance and ability in that one? Do you know what I mean? So there's balance all over the place. I think it's going to take years for clubs to find a level. And there's going to be some big hitters coming out of that Premier League if it's seven that comes down. And I know that the, the big guns up there are not too happy as well up there. There just seems to be this breakdown at, at, at these levels. And we want to just work together. We wanted to speak to the West of Scotland and see if it was something we could do to try and make it better and would they come on board with this? And and they basically said no, and that was fine. And we said, right, so what do we do? And they told us at the end of the meeting, go to your member clubs, um, get your proposal out, and by the 30th of April, um, you make sure it's that it's in by then. And, and that's what we've done. So this isn't about the Western Scotland League. This is about our member clubs. Uh, and that's why your proposal's out there. And if clubs want to vote against that, so be it. It's not a problem. There's no bitterness. This is about football. This is about getting back. But I think this is a great opportunity to give back to your supporters as well. And that's what I think it's about. Touching on your supporters then. So you'd mentioned that the fans are more likely to travel to Salt Coast than they are up to New Mains. And I, and I get that. Yep. <laughs> I'm a huge believer. I'm a huge believer, Stevie, in life. Everybody's agenda. I, I could tell you my agenda. I'm quite happy to sit down here and tell you my agenda for next season is to play in the conferences and to finish as high up as we possibly can. So when we go into linear leagues, that we get into the the second bottom league. That for us is a promotion. That's our agenda. We're set out to do that. It was highlighted to myself and Gareth in the previous show. And again, this sounds as if. I'm trying to pick holes and things, and I'm not. It's just a, a, a conversation we're having, where it was highlighted mm-hmm. that actually Ayrshire in the lower division out with the Premier would rather play in Ayrshire because exactly the case you've just you've just put to us that you know somebody will travel to Coast rather than travel up to New Mains. Is there an agenda from the Ayrshire clubs that you've spoke to that to go back to? an Ayrshire league and that's not a, a criticism or anything that actually could be a common sense decision but is there an agenda there to do that? No not at all actually some of the Glasgow teams said they couldn't they, they didn't really want to go to the depths of Ayrshire they, they, some of the supporters didn't want to travel to go and, and I'm not going to name clubs because I don't want to be disrespectful to any club but uh, Glasgow teams um, sp- expressing we, our supporters, have got no interest in going down there. And and our, our supporters have no interest in going to some... It's not so much they've not got any interest. It's the whole... 
still having that situation of worrying about the travel and stuff like that as a older generation and stuff like that. So it's not an agenda in any airshift club at all, or not as far as I know anyway. Um, and, and by the way, I'm not, a, I'll just clear that up as well, I'm not an Adrosawit Rovers cheerleader here. I'm a Glasgow boy, born and bred, and I love him Paisley. And I get people saying, what the hell do you travel down there for? Or where do you go to Solco? It's an idea of Irvin Vicks. But I played with Harmony Row and Govan. I played in Glasgow teams and I went to Ayrshire and uh, down to Ross and loved it as a player and played most of my days there. Okay, I did retire at 25 from my injuries. But I loved it down there. And and that's one of those things. So it's not me being an Ayrshire boy jumping off rooftops to scream and shout, listen, we want to play Ayrshire teams. We're just looking at a one season. We don't we don't have any issue with the, the, the conferences we're in, thinking, right, we'll just get back. And all of a sudden it becomes topic of conversation. And as I said, it was the proposal took uh, time and we need to know that we're doing the right thing. As in if clubs think it's if it's not for them, then fine. All we were basically saying to the West of Scotland League is can we put it to clubs and let them have a look at it? And they said yes. And that's that. It doesn't need to be, it's nothing to do with anything personal in the west of Scotland or anything like that. There's quotes coming out and I heard things a day it's dead in the water. We had one committee member say that, well, obviously I've read that it's dead in the water. And then I've had another one saying there was, it's not a good proposal. There was holes picked in it. No, our meeting there wasn't. And then it was a case of we had a, another email from a committee member of the management committee saying that the proposal was really good or sorry not really good was decent was decent so I, I think I think there'll be splits all over I think there'll be splits all over and whatever we go with let's go for it let's crack on and that's our take on it Earls just covers the pandemic our supporters our committee members our players that's what we feel and I know what's happened with they've been promised at the SFE and Ian Maxwell and Rod Petrie and all that. I'm not sure it is a conversation was. I don't think they're too bothered. I'm not saying they're too bothered, but I don't think what is as important as long as the Premier League is 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 there um, and is is set up with a 16, and then we can get into a Championship first division, second division as soon as. Because I'll be honest with you as well, Paul, as you said, I, didn't, I, I thought our balance that we were in the conference uh, the championship first division before was, was pretty decent. We had our balances not too bad. Um, and hopefully we were going to get a chance to crack on with that. But we've obviously had this reconstruction. We were only a year and a half into that one and then we've been into this new one. So this this totally comes down to how clubs feel, and we have had a few big hitters, a few big hitters come back and say they want to to back it, uh, which is great. <clears throat> I want to thank the clubs for that, and um, a, a lot of conference clubs as well. And we've had a lot of conversations with people asking some questions, and rightly so. That's what it's there for. It's been it, we were saying at the start, um, pick as many holes in it as you possibly can. Be as critical as you possibly can when we were designing it, and that's that's what we're wanting. Uh, but we're just at a stage of it's it's no tip for tap. Let the club see it. Let them have a read of that. Let them decide what they want to do.
and then all it does is it gets taken to the SFE again, and if they were to ask the question, and it gets knocked back from there, then it gets knocked back from there. Before I touch on when, last Monday night's meeting, I also want to clear up for listeners as well. Stevie obviously contacted myself on, on Sunday to, to talk to talk to me about the proposal. And one thing you were clear on, one thing you were clear on, Stevie, was well, if, it, if teams don't want it, they don't want it. We just, you know, move on. That's it. And it is just an idea, and it's an idea you're yep. putting it there for consideration. Yeah. So, and in fairness to yourself and, and the guys, mm-hmm. uh, uh, you know. You made that quite clear. Uh, Monday night you had the meeting. How did the meeting yeah. about who did, did you approach? Did you approach the league and say, "Can we have a meeting with you?" Or was it something you had to put in? And in that meeting on the Monday night, was there any elements of support? Was there anything in there that, that you, after coming away, not not the stuff with Kenny because that, I think that's all been been touched on and dealt with. But was there anything? Yeah. When you, you come off the your Zoom meeting on that Monday night, you thought, do you know what? These guys are going to consider this. So th- th- there is a bit of support or a bit of uh, favour for this. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, no, we, 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 it was, as I said, it was a good meeting. It was well debated. Um, we originally made contact and asked for the, the original contact was can we can we have guidance on how to take this forward? It wasn't can we get your approval or anything like that. It was can we ask for guidance to take this proposal forward to the, the member clubs. Uh, we asked for a Zoom meeting um, to to discuss it, and it was basically said that it, it wouldn't be considered and we wouldn't get the the Zoom meeting originally. Uh, we thought, right, okay, thought that was a wee bit thingy, but we continued to do because we felt that it was strong enough and in uh, terms of support. And then we get back to the committee to say, listen, we'll we'll crack on with our proposal and um and see how it goes. And then we got an email back saying, listen, we'll we'll give you the the, the Zoom meeting on the Monday, and it was Matt, Matt Bamford, uh, Kenny Young and John Dalton and it kind of started with why they weren't going to support it at first and it kind of went from there I think it was basically a case of let's try and kind of shut it down and we said listen we, we, we want to carry it forward and it went from there and the balance situation brought was brought up the, the Western Scotland argued their point, we argued their point um, and then as the Zoom meeting ended, it was a case of, right, is it a case uh, that this can go to clubs? Uh, we were told, yes, it will go to all the clubs. Um, they, they, they basically said they wouldn't be supporting it, um, but you have a right to take it to the clubs. And we said, right, so if we email all the clubs and let them know, uh, we'll obviously want to be transparent and keep the clubs up to date with the communications or what, what's been happening. And they said yes, um, and that's how it kind of uh, the, the call ended. And it was fine. It wasn't, as I said, it was a well debated. It was a good debate. It was really good. Um, and as I said, it got heated, but not in a bad way. Um, and there was things getting said, and nothing on towards or anything like that. Nothing on towards or anything like that at all. So I'm the layman here. Well, I I don't know what the West of Scotland Constitution. 
rules are and stuff like that. But if they've kind of papooed it, poured water on it on Monday night, then is that, you know, like the one man had said to you, is that not a dead in the water or is there some kind of constitutional no. uh, rule where you can now propose this, somebody seconds it, and maybe, no. just maybe it might get voted through? Or, or can that not happen? And I, I'm, I'm, excuse my ignorance on this, David, because I don't, I don't know how, how that lies now with it for, for clubs and the member clubs. Uh, basically, we're a member-run association. So if the clubs want it, then they can vote for it. And the committee then have got to go on the side of the clubs to protect their members. Now, that's what they've done with the conferences. They fought for the clubs, uh, and rightly so, as in uh, the clubs that wanted to either pull out, there would no be no, no punishment. Uh, they would come in exactly where they were before. Um I think they got that cleared with the SFA. So they fought for their clubs, and rightly so at that time, and managed to get that. Um, a lot of things that were agreed um, in principle was before the pandemic and the situation we've went through. Um, and it would be a case of if the clubs, and they went to a majority vote, and more clubs wanted that, then the, the board would need to take that on. They would need to take it on. They would need to then support it in the sense of and go to the SFA and approach them and say, our member clubs want this. And then it would be debated at a higher level, whether it went through or they just turned around and said no. But you would turn around and say to Western Scotland, well, they've done their best for us. And that's, that's the way it goes. It's not They can't shut it down or dead in the water. It's basically a case of a member-run club. Association. So, if the member clubs want it, then they would need to take it on. Pick what's best for your club. So, and if so it right stays as it is, stays as. So, right now today, we'll not go into the details of what's of what's in the proposal because we could argue and and, and debate ah. and what pros yeah. and cons of that of that proposal. But as and from today. If 51% of the the teams vote that they want this to go ahead right now, then that would then go to the SFA. So they would probably then be looking at a delay to the season, wouldn't they? Because these things are not going to happen within the next six weeks, I would have thought. Well, we, we don't really see the issue. We're not talking about any upheaval. You're talking about keeping your confidence the exact same and just saying, right, that team will go into there and we'll just change it. Because at one point, we were talking about bringing new teams in. So, were they just going to shoehorn them in? How are they going to balance that? We were told the other night that new, no new clubs will get in unless they meet strict criteria um, and, the, and the member clubs vote them in. So, that would go to the AGM. So, if they're voted in, then they need to put them in. They need to sort out what league they're going to go into. So, you, you're talking about a conference of, I think, conference C's got 15 clubs at the moment. Again, there's not been much dialogue regarding these new clubs, so we don't really know, and I don't really want to say too much about it because we don't know. But I heard rumours about Hart Hill coming in, and Hart Hill going into Conference C. Uh, I've heard uh, other clubs that probably probably shouldn't really be mentioning, so I'll, I'll keep that quiet. But there's, there's talk of maybe two or three clubs coming into a different conference. So where do they... Where's the balance and the ability in that sense? How do we get them in? Where are we putting them? Uh, 
is that Ian Maxwell and that going to be happy about the new clubs coming in and just going into the conferences. At the end of the day, we've got a debate coming up as in the new clubs at the EGM coming in. So that will be clubs being voted. Now, I don't know what the number is. Five, ten, I don't know. I couldn't tell you. So that's going to be debated at the AGM, um, as in and they would need to probably be voted in um, and proposed and second and all that stuff. So if our member clubs decide that they want to do something and there's a majority vote, then they would then need to take it on. Uh, otherwise, you've got a a, a member so a member run association that's not member run. So it would need to be taken on. So, so just to be clear, Stevie, what, what, what? April the thirtieth is the, the deadline, when the league secretary John Dalton has to have. Am I right in saying the sort of views of clubs who would wish to support your proposal in by then? No, it's just a case of we either decide that we want to take it to the AGM to be voted. I see, right. Um, so again, it's one of those ones we want to. Uh, is it? Is it of interest? Um, and it's gathering pace, to be honest. So it's one of those ones. It's not, we'll just wait and see. And then if we have got it, then in case of it, we'll, we'll put it through. It could go to AGM and be blown out of water. But it could go to AGM and all of a sudden clubs will get more time to think about it or they, they decide, you know what, this might be better for us. It might not be. And as I said, if we got no backing whatsoever and no club asking us any questions, they would probably need to sit and go, hmm, this is probably pie in the sky. But when you're getting the conversations we're having, uh, we had a we had a couple of club say that their committee split right down the middle. Yeah. Half of them want it and half of them don't. <laughs> Within the same club. God, I, got, I couldn't tell you what way they're going to go or what they actually want. But we've, they're, they're split down the middle, um, and, and and there will be people who like kind of annoyed with upheaval again. Let's just just crack on, and that's 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 fine. And I've had people saying, "Listen, we're going to we've had a meeting, uh, and we're going to have a second meeting." I think they'll maybe clubs will want to speak to the West of Scotland uh, members as well, uh, and, and and that's exactly what it what it's about. But yeah, it's picking up. It's picking up pace, and as I say, there's a couple of big hitters in there um, that even surprised me, to be honest. Um, so it, it's one of those ones. It's and it's not. A, I'm trying to word this right that it, that it sounds right. It's not a, our proposal, and, and and we're winning, and they're not. It's it's not. It's nothing to do with that. It's nothing to do with that. It's just a case of our kind of jobs done as such. We've spent the time in the proposal. We'll put it out to clubs. Um, clubs can get, sit and debate it or phone us or talk to us and have Zoom calls. Or If we can do social distance, we'll get them down to the club and we can talk about it. Make it better. Can we make it better? Can we change clubs about? We had phone calls about maybe taking that one out of there and putting that one over there. So we've had that kind of debate as well. Um, and it's something we're not saying that the, the leagues at the moment are set in stone. Um, there might be a couple of operations to do here or there. And we'll look over it again before... Um, making sure that we're, we're happy about it. I know we've talked about what Kenny was saying last week about being misquoted and, and you've talked about the dirty tricks 
tweet that was put out there. Can yeah. I just ask you, what, what, from your point of view, Kenny claimed he was misquoted. You're saying he wasn't. What, what was the reality of it from your situation then? Because I, I think I think his his argument seemed to s- sort of centre around that. I mean, may, maybe misquote is the wrong phrase. Maybe he wasn't quoted in full. Was perhaps the best way of defining what he was he was talking about. He seemed to think that half a quote had been used, not the full quote. Well, mm-hmm. from your point of view, how would you kind of put that to bed? How, how would you kind of say? I mean, you're saying that isn't the case. What was the case? The the the, the case was. The balance and the, the the ability was constantly getting brought up. At one point, I asked Kenny, um, "Is there any part of the proposal that you that you that you do like?" And he said, "With his fixtures head on, the fixtures trying to organise it would be far better than obviously what what we've got at the moment." And I said to him, "Well, why don't you back it then?" But then it went on to back to balances and uh, the the ability side. So that's what was that that's what was said. Um, there was nothing that we added to it. We don't think Kenny's quote in any way. I think there's enough work done in our proposal to to be debated. I don't think anybody's reading through it. I'd be very surprised if anybody reads through it all. And turns around and says, we'll back it because Kenny said something on it. Yeah, that would be very, very silly, to be honest. But, but, it's, um, but it's just, it's just with, 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 with kind of Kenny's quote, it seems that there does seem to be two sides to the story, doesn't there? And and, and it, I was just intrigued just to kind of, you know, he, he seemed to say that it was kind of not, it wasn't flippant, but it was kind of said as he was trying to diffuse a few things and these kind of things. Um but w- w- was that fair comment, or did you see that differently? Well, what Kenny said last week? Yeah. No, I don't think it was misquoted. No. Um, no. I could say something else, but I'm not going to say something else. No, he wasn't misquoted. I'm Adam Hopes, co-manager of Drumchapel United, and you're listening to Down the Divisions. Last week, Pollock won the race to sign in-demand striker Callum Graham. Callum had scored 42 goals for Ashfield when the first lockdown took place, and this season he'd netted seven in five games. The field hoped to hold on to him, but in the end, Murdo McKinnon persuaded him to move to Newlandsfield. Callum joins us now. Thanks for being with us, Callum. No bother, guys. Thanks for having me on again. So tell us, first of all, then, why uh, why Pollock? Hey. I think it was too big an opportunity to turn down. You know, it's, you don't often get opportunity to play for a club like Park. Um, you know, challenging for trophies every year, um, playing with players at a good level, and it was just too good an opportunity for me to pass up. We had uh, Ashfield's manager Paul Maxwell on a few weeks ago, and he he sounded quite confident that he would uh, hold on to you for the for the new season. Uh, but I guess was it just too good a chance to to turn down? And was it? But at the same time, was it tough to? To kind of leave Ashfield after the the success you'd had there, uh, it was tough to leave Ashfield. Um, I was kind of expecting to start the season with Ashfield, and I, I think clubs are now in sort of in limbo, where and they'll just be starting to look to sign players. So I hadn't really heard anything. Um, was fully preparing for Ashfield, um, and then I got a text and it took off there. Obviously, we spoke uh, 
that was a wee while ago now, kind of back last year, and there'd been a lot of interest for senior clubs as well. Was uh, Paul the only one on the table at this moment in time, or was it one or two wee other options you had? No, I think at that time it was only Pollock. Um Things kind of went quiet, I think, since the season ended. Uh, maybe a wee bit on clubs were unsure about what was happening next year. So, as I say, I had nothing and I was expecting to start the season with Ashfield. And Murdy's a great lad. We've had him on the show as well. Uh, I've got a lot of time for Murdy. How did he sell the dream to you? I had a chat with him initially on the phone. Um you know, he just ran through, he spoke about the club and he spoke about myself and, you know, what he likes about me, what he thinks I can, you know, bring to the team and how he thinks he can develop me as a, as a player, which I was quite impressed with as well. Um, he knew a lot about me. He said that he'd done his homework um, and I just got that impression that he wanted me to be a part of it. So, uh, and, you know, when a club like Pollock comes for you and, you know, they want you as it's hard to turn down. Do you feel as well it might turn out to be a good, um, you know, you sometimes see players take two bigger steps or take a step that maybe takes them longer to adapt to. Do you think this kind of move is about right that way as well? You know, you, you moved up from the Church's Leagues to, to Ashfield and now this is another kind of good manageable step, if you like, all being well? Uh, I think it's, it's a big jump and that was something that I took into my consideration when I was thinking about it, but you know, I wouldn't be going if I didn't think I could make a difference. Um, Murdy made it clear that he wanted to sign me as well, and that's always good to hear. So, and I'm aware it's going to be a challenge, but it's a challenge that I'm up for, and you know, I, I believe him on ability. So, looking forward to it. I think Murdo's been active in the transfer market again this week as well. Uh, did he when 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 he sort of talked to you about the future and the plans and these kind of things? Can we expect? Can we expect a bit of movement and players coming in? You know, there's a, there's a few come in now and there'll be a few more to come in over the summer. I don't know. It wasn't, it wasn't really something that we'd spoke about with other players. I mean, I'm also aware that he'd signed up most of his squad um, for the season before and a few of the boys put on loan, but we never, we never discussed, you know, any targets or people that they managed to get on board. But, um, you know, there's a lot of quality in that squad and it'll be competitive. So there might be a few more getting added into it. And you touched on targets there. With, with targets you setting for yourself this year? Um, probably trying. You know, I I'm maybe got a wee bit to adapt in terms of sharpness and stuff like that. And that's what I'm hoping to get with pre seasons to get myself up to up to the same level as the boys that I'm training. And then for there, it's for me, it's play as much as I can, score as many goals, and, and help Paul as much as I can. And was it a uh Gut wrench to leave Ashfield. I know you've enjoyed your time up there, and Max has been great with you up there. Was it was it a hard decision to make? Uh, it was hard to leave, but I think as soon as I sort of got the call, bought were interested. You know, I, I was really interested, and I kind of made my mind up um, after the first conversation with, with Murdo. But I took a few days to, to think it over, and uh, Ashfield were great with me. You know, obviously wanted to keep me, but they never stood in my way, and they totally understood what an opportunity it was for me um, and I've wished me well you know, I'm still keeping contact with the boys just now so wish me well for the season and uh, it couldn't really have went better How frustrating as a striker was it especially not to play more games this season? I, 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 that season was, it was really frustrating because you know, we start in October and we played five games and we play a game for a week stop for two play again for a week and then you know, slot for two and then 
I think we were talking about December the last time we played, so you know, there was no rhythm to it. It was, diff- it was difficult with restrictions. I just, yeah, I was one of the ones that wanted to, to start, but you know, I, I don't know how much clubs really got out of it, to be honest. I think the biggest revelation, though, tonight is that only Pollock were in for you, Callum, because Paul, I mean, I don't know where you were in all this. I mean, did you not at least kind of test the water? I know his uncle Webby. Do you know what I mean? So, uh, <laughs> I've obviously thought he was his agent and thought that, because uh, oh, I know his uncle, I'll maybe get a wee chance at it, but it never come about, did it? In fact, he just shunned us. He just went for the bright lights, didn't he? At Pollock. Next time, Paul. Maybe. No, Callum, well, great to hear you've got a, a move you're happy with and uh, thanks for joining us. We hope, wish you all the best when the season starts and we'll uh, hopefully get you back on the show uh, next season. Thanks for having me on. Hi, Stephen Aitken, East Coast Bayern manager. You're listening to Down the Divisions. Just three weeks ago, Matt Maley joined us to talk about his ambitions at Anbank while making a plea for others to come on board and help them out. On Monday night, he and his management team handed in their resignations. Matt joins us now. Hi, Matt. Um, hearing you speak on the show, we didn't see this coming. Uh, what's, what's changed this week? Hey, Gareth. Uh, yeah, sadly, I'm back on, uh, as you say, after three weeks. Um, yeah, it's um, so circumstances since we last spoke really hadn't progressed, just in terms of, you know, where the club was going. Um, when Robert and I took the job, you know, we had a vision and we tried to recruit. We recruited what we felt, felt was... Um, pretty strong. You know, we started the league, we made that commitment to go through COVID just to give the boys and us an opportunity to establish ourselves in the club. Um, I think when you look at the finances that we've been sort of um, that we've been using through COVID just in terms of paying referees with no income coming into the club, uh, albeit the players weren't getting paid, then they've sort of um, reduced and then we'll go forward, as I mentioned three weeks ago, you know, we've got New Pebble Park, it's uh, almost unplayable, and the facilities round about it have been fairly neglected, and through no fault of, of the club, you know, where it stands just now, we just simply didn't have enough people behind us to, to take us forward to next season, A, in budget, and B, in facility. So, when I'm sitting down with 22 of a squad wondering what's going to happen, and they don't want to sign next season, and I can't give them uh, any answers in terms of uh, what we're giving them for a budget or where we're playing, then it's a really difficult conversation to have. And, you know, Robert and I and the rest of my management team all had a meeting last night, and and really it's not about us, it's about the players and making sure that they come out of this better. Um, And the last thing we wanted to do was either start this, knowing that we couldn't follow it through for next season, and perhaps look to try and pull out the league at some point, um, and then the players get affected, or do we just cut our losses just now and decide that we can't do it? Um, and make sure then that we get a home for the other players so that they can continue to play and ultimately you know um, the players come first and that was a decision we had to make from from you, the way you're speaking there I mean do you and I don't know if I'm using the right phrase here but do you fear for the future of Anbank I do yeah I do um I, I guess you know social media we've all got these opportunities to reach out to people and and, and put it out there and, you know, thankfully with yourself and the opportunity that you gave me to go on the show and, and reach out to people to come and help. And, and, and with local people, I mentioned it with the two boys from two Sloans from Anbank, you know, Tucker's two sons. Um, we, we thought maybe we'd get some support from the local people. Um, I'm not from Anbank, so, you know, I can't speak for the, the, the village. 
Um, but yeah, I thought we might have got somebody biting and, and coming on board and sort of trying to give us a wee, a wee helping hand. And Scott Taylor, who, as I say, has been great for the last uh, two, three, four years, whatever he's had on bank, um, financially trying to back it. But I guess when it's there's always a risk there when there's one person um, left holding the baby, and, and Scott could only do that for so long, unfortunately. You mentioned three weeks ago uh, about Scott. Uh, How's he? You mentioned that he was the only guy kind of really on the committee down there. How's it left him in terms of you know? I know how hard it is running the club and what goes on in the background. How how's he left after this kind of news? Or is he still going to continue to try and run it or get other people in, get more people involved? I'm not sure, Paul. You know, it's probably a, a question that you'd maybe have to ask Scott um, because you know when we spoke last night and. I think I think he'd maybe seen it coming. The fact that you know for the last two or three months, you know, as managers, you always want to plan ahead, and 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 we were fortunate enough to be successful with the squad that we've got. So I was aware and conscious that other teams would be coming in. So I wanted to talk to my boys early so that I could get some kind of commitment out to them to get that commitment back. Um, and the fact that you know we were delaying those conversations, given that there was a hesitance from the club or Scott, to be honest, um, in terms of budget and facilities, then uh, I kind of thought at that point that there was a reluctance um, or a hesitation from him. So um, sussed that one out. But again, that's that's something that Scott will need to sit back and think of. And, and I feel for him because, you know, uh, ultimately the decision means that if he decides to step out then in the club fold, then it's a, it's a hard position to be when you're backed into a corner um, like that. So I know you were saying, you know, talking to the players, you've got a great relationship and you phoned all 22 players last night. Sometimes these things people see them as a hard decision, but on this occasion, was it an easy decision? Was it just a case of, there's, you know, there's nowhere else to go and and there's no way you could see yourself having, being able to turn this round and the easiest thing to do is actually just probably leave? Yeah, yeah. There's a, there's a saying I use in life and it's lose fast. You know, once you realise that you can't go anywhere else, then you just need to cut it and move on um, because there's no point in keep working at something that you know is not going to happen. And, Unfortunately, got to the stage um, where we all felt like that um, as, a, as, a, as a management team, you know. And, and I was last night when I asked the boys. I mean, I sent a message out to them to all four o'clock to say, "Listen, let's meet up at six thirty if you can." They all jumped on, well met up, social distancing, and uh, and and we had that conversation. Now I didn't um, allude to what I was looking to do. I asked them to make the decision first of all. I'd made my mind up what I was going to do, but I didn't want to influence them, and uh, they felt that it was the right time to do it and, and the right reason to do it because first and foremost I'll never lie to anybody you know and I couldn't sit in front of my players and promise them something from this season just because it's Matt Mealy and Bank you know it's not about me it's about their journey in football and, and if I don't have anything to offer them which I don't have then I can't have a conversation with them now as you see in social media you know clubs are starting to re-sign their players and you know announce this and and the lads were really keen to, to basically get pen to paper again because they're, they're enjoying the journey. But if I can't promise that, then I'm not going to sit and lie to them and, and, and you know, kid on that there's something that's going to be there for next season that's not. You also got off, we spoke about this on the show as well, you got off that flyer and I know you were kind of modest and saying, you know, we didn't play that many that many games, but you were sitting at the top of your conference. Uh, how's that, you know, you must have been thinking... Well, you, you must have had that kind of air of excitement. The players must have had that air of excitement going into the actual West of Scotland this year, thinking, you know, we've actually got a real chance here if you kept that squad together. Yeah, yeah, and, and 
it was exciting for for Robert and I and, and you know Andy and Jack, the, the goalkeeping coach and my coach as well. It was exciting for us. But I, I, I got that feeling last night when I was making the one to one calls with them all about how much they enjoyed it, how much they wanted it to happen, and how disappointed they all were. You know, I've, I've got Tommy Sloan playing with me, and Tommy's been about junior football for years and years. And you know, Tommy said to me last night, he said for the first time ever in Anne Bank when you came in, he says I didn't like it for the first three weeks. Because I walked into the dressing room or I walked into the ground and I never knew I was starting. And that's never happened to me before. He said, you created an environment where everyone was competing and everybody had to compete. He says, at my age, I was going out runs through the week to make sure that I was at the level that you wanted. Now, to have that kind of feedback in that environment where you've created, it's really disappointing for, for Robert and I to, to now have to make that decision to step away from it. Because what we've built you know, is exactly what we wanted. Um, but fundamentally, if you don't have the, the basics there, which are a ground and a budget, and th- at this level, as you see, the rest of Scotland Football League, then, then you can't compete. So what comes next now, Matt? I guess I guess you'll be looking to get back into the game as soon as possible? Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, we've still got the appetite. No, been doing it for years, never lost the appetite. I think this has probably made us even uh, more determined to, to get back out there and and uh, now that we've had a little taste of it and see what we can do, then um, yeah, we want to get back out and get, get get on with it. I think, well, first of all, you know, we want to make sure that all the players, if, if and Mike don't go forward um, with a team this season, um, then I want to make sure that all the players get another club. So I'm, I've been in touch today and I will be continuing to be in touch with a lot of clubs just to make sure that we can place all the 22 squad um, but ultimately, then you know, if, if something comes up and we feel it's the right fit, then uh, collectively as a team, we'll go forward and, 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 and if we have an opportunity, then we'll, we'll talk to anybody that wants to listen. Finally, from me, Matt, do you see this as a nail in the coffin for, for Anbank? Are they going to be the first casualty of going from junior football to semi-professional football and a result of COVID, I suppose? Uh, great question, Paul, and a yeah, I think the answer is yes. Um, regrettably, yes. Um, I think we could be the first, first victims of COVID. Um, and it's sad to say that, you know, I could potentially, and as I say, we'd need to speak to Scott to clarify this, but, you know, I don't want to be known as the last manager of uh, Anbank United. Um, so uh, for me, nothing better would be for somebody else to step in and, and try and recreate or, or hold it and keep it going and keep it afloat. Um, but as we sit just now, and uh, you know that that's my fear. Um, but as I say, I can't confirm that. That's something that the club chairman, the chairman, would need to confirm going forward. But yeah, very much a fear of mine, Paul. Well, that's uh, that's sad news, and I guess we we obviously all hope um, we all hope you're wrong. <laughs> I guess you'll hope you're wrong as well um, yeah. in that regard, obviously. But um, sorry to hear you've uh, you've had to come to the decision you've had to this week, and and for the reasons you've outlined. But um, we appreciate you coming on tonight, Matt, and uh, explaining all that, and, and we hope you're not out the game for, for too long. Yeah, thanks, Gareth. Appreciate it. Thanks for getting me back on, guys. And Paul, all the best for the season. Thanks very much, Matt. All the best to yourself. Okay. Take care, Bye. guys. My name's David Menelow, the assistant manager at Bell Cell Athletic. You're listening to Down the Divisions, the number one podcast. Now here's Roach's Roundup with Colburny Laidside assistant boss, Des Roach. Thanks, Gareth. We start the roundup with some celebratory news, and a catty congratulations go to Queen's Park. After a draw in midweek, they have wrapped up the SPFL League 2 with four games to spare. 
The rejuvenated Spider Squad under Ray McKinnon will now now return to the upper tier of SPFL1 for the first time in three years. Conversely, the Pyramid Playoff that took another twist in the ongoing saga that it's become. Brecon City have officially asked for the playoff to be cancelled as they do not feel that either Kelty Hearts or Brora Rangers have completed enough games to be crowned champions of their respective leagues. In fact, Brecon went so far to say that they would feel relegation would be fundamentally unfair. Brecon's response has been to call for no relegation from the league this year, again. Brecon's proposal instead would be to promote both teams, increase the league to 12 teams for next season, two more the following year, and then introduce Rangers and Celtic Colts in year three. Is it only me, or does it not sound like self-preservation at its worst? Another story in the progressing journey is at Edinburgh City, and in their imminent return to Meadowbank Stadium, after a four-year spell sharing with Spartans. Agreement between Edinburgh City Council, Edinburgh Leisure, and Edinburgh City themselves will see the citizens return to their natural home for the start of season 2021-22. Back in the West, Clubs are rebuilding, it certainly continues at Pollock. Hot off the heels of capturing Callum Graham, they've announced the signing of Evan Horn, the combative 22-year-old is very adapt at both defence and midfield. Evan comes with previous senior experience at St Mirren, Dunfermline, Annan, Stirling Albion and East Stirlingshire. All the very best to you, Evan. Every Meadow, well, they've also been active and they've announced their first signing for the new season. Ex-Air United co-winning Rangers and most recently of Hurlford, Michael Wardrop will be arriving, whilst also saying goodbye at Meadow Park are Kyle Marley, Mick Riley and Nathan Baird. And finally, and a shout out and a support to a great cause, Janefield Swift's club chaplain aka the Rev Graham Crawford is undertaking a sponsored cycle in aid of Prostate UK. Anyone wishing to support this wonderful cause should check out the Swift's Twitter feed. Back to Gareth and Paul. My name is John McHugh, manager of Shots Bonacord, and you're listening to Down the Division. Before we finish up, we'll clear up the Down the Division's decider. Give us those clues again, Paul. Ah, Stevie's been Googling, hasn't he? Uh, founded in 1903. No. <laughs> in 1904-05 season, they joined the Eastern League with Dunfermline and St. Johnson. Former managers include Dave Bakey, Darren Young, Steve Kirk, Jimmy Bowen, and their largest win was 13-2 over Edinburgh City. Right, I've got it. Have you got it? Yeah. But I'll let you go first. Are you good with that? No, no, no. I, I, I think one of the clues is marginally slightly incorrect. Oh. Oh. Oh, well, that, that's going to that, that's going to mess me up, isn't it? That's all. Is it? Is the Davy Bakey one because? David Bakey was at Cowden Beath and took was manager there when my brother was there. And then he moved on to Bowness, but am I miles away? Aye. Well you're no miles away, probably about twenty miles. <laughs> <laughs> will that fit into your will that fit into your uh, proposal then? <laughs> yeah. He's five. And what, and what clue's wrong? Yeah, your, your man Young is still the manager. There you go. I mean, try, I, I mean, trying to give Duff clues and he's getting them. 
<laughs> right. thanks for uh, thanks for joining us tonight, Stevie. We'll uh, we'll get you back on the show at some point to, to look at. Um, we'd obviously like to get you know talk you talking more about Ardrossan as a club and look back over your career, but we'll we'll do that um, we'll do that on a on a later date. Um, but we were quite keen to kind of drill down into these proposals tonight. So we appreciate you coming on, answering the questions. We'll uh, we'll watch with interest as the. Uh, as the weeks go by now and uh we'll, we'll see what happens in what is it uh just over a week's time S- see what happens uh-huh. april the 30th and uh, we'll maybe get you back on depending on how that that goes would be great to get you back on yeah no problem listen i appreciate your time it's great uh, and i'd love to come back on ebola thanks again to our sponsors 44 creative go to www.44creativehq.com if you're looking for a photographer, graphic designer, videographer, or video editor. And don't forget, you can get in touch with us with your comments or suggestions for people to speak to, or if you'd like your club's audio featured on the show. Our email address is downthedivisions at gmail.com. That's downthedivisions at gmail.com. Or you can get in touch via Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Do leave a comment which helps others find us and subscribe to get alerts when our latest episode is released. We'll be back next Friday on Down the Divisions.